0: Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. I'm Ahmad Khan of Tom's Guide. The Overwatch League Grand Finals took place this past weekend in Honolulu, Hawaii. There was some hand-wringing and consternation regarding keeping the event in Hawaii considering the state's strict COVID restrictions and fears of an outbreak. The New York Times reported earlier this month that the state was facing oxygen and ICU bed shortages. Hawaiians have complained about the spike in tourism given all that's been happening. Either way, the Overwatch League moved forward with its Grand Finals plans, pitting the Shanghai Dragons against Atlanta Reign. Joining me today to talk the Overwatch League Grand Finals and Overwatch 2 is The Washington Post's Teddy Amenabar. Teddy, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me.
0: So, first off, I mean, there's been, you know, like I said my intro, some worry about the Overwatch League uh, Grand Finals happening in Hawaii. And, you know, it was originally planned for USC in California, why do you think it was moved to Hawaii despite Call of Duty League's offline event happening in, happening in LA earlier this year?
1: Yeah, well, I, the two huge, the difference between the two leagues, I should say, is that mm-hmm. Call of Duty League only has teams in North America and Overwatch League has one team in South Korea and a couple of teams in China. And so from my reporting, the problem was just that the Chinese teams couldn't get past the travel restrictions to, to get to the U.S. and back. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think that, I, well, I should also say that I know that going into the grand finals, there was a lot of attention spent uh, watching, you know, the restrictions in the state of Hawaii and whether that's going to affect plans, but they obviously went, went forward with it. And I actually don't have a ton in my reporting. i on you know that decision-making process, you know, towards the end of it. Uh, but it was a lot of coordination with uh, the university there to to be on campus and uh, use their facilities. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to, I, you know, I think at this point the Overwatch League sees it as um, kind of the lay of the land. They've been they've been navigating these COVID waters for the past two seasons now, and so I, I can't say from my conversations that anyone on team side or on the league side seem very phased by Hawaii, just cause they've done this so much already. Um, mm-hmm. That, that it's just kind of like another roadblock to, um, to hope, you know, to, to finishing up the season. Uh, and they, they really, I mean, talking to the, the league's vice president, John Spector, he's always been very adamant about wanting to crown one team at the end of the season. Uh, that has always been, at least personally, very important to him. So, uh, you know, without knowing too many details of how they got there towards the end and the weeks weeks leading up, I, I think everything prior to that it wasn't too surprising. Seeing just based off of my conversations with them in the past.
0: Hmm. You know, it, it it does make sense strategically to have it in Hawaii. I remember. Well, I mean, I guess I was still too young, but I mean, uh, Square Enix would have like Final Fantasy 7 press events, you know, in Hawaii. And I think Sega's headquarters back in the day when, you know, Sega versus Nintendo had its uh, had an office in Hawaii, just because the time difference was I guess, more manageable between, let's say, Japan and the United States. Uh, do you feel that Hawaii moving forward would probably be the spot for Overwatch League Grand Finals moving forward? Or do you think that it'll still be globetrotting? at various parts of the world uh, as the pandemic slows down and hopefully comes to an end?
1: You know, I mean, it's an interesting question. I uh, am personally very interested in what role travel will, you know, take as we start to whatever. I don't know if we're really returning to normal yet, but whenever this pandemic is over, um, I... I don't know if you talk to the players. I mean, they were even pretty public about this on Twitter. Uh, you know, flying to Hawaii is not always seen as a vacation, especially when you you know have these like pretty regimented practice and and, and match schedules. So I I don't necess- I don't see Hawaii being a, a, a long term solution. Um, I think from the league's perspective, they probably see it as a success because all they wanted was for teams in APAC to play teams in North America. That happened. Um, And the ping was manageable. Uh, You never heard teams say, well, we lost the match because the ping was too high. So short answer is I don't don't think players are going to want to keep doing this. Uh, But I, I also don't imagine a world, like if you remember heading into season three, I, I believe, yeah, heading into season three, like there were plans to fly a lot. Um teams yeah. are gonna teams are gonna have extended stays, like tours in China to travel around and compete there for like four or six weeks. Dallas was I mean Dallas was one of the teams. I think the shock as well any team in North America was planning like how do we have a long-term house in China to to compete there? And I I don't know I don't think that happens as well. Um, so it, it, it is an open question to me, and I, I would love to talk to more people about that.
0: So you know, when I tuned in to the Overwatch League grand finals, I noticed that peak viewership was at the 98,000 mark. Uh, it might have gone up uh, maybe when I wasn't looking, uh, but that's kind of like the sense that I got. And it does seem lower. I, if, if, if I'm remembering my numbers correctly, it is definitely lower than, the, than all the prior seasons. So what do you attribute the drop in viewership to?
1: yeah i mean i i have a trouble with viewership numbers and reporting on viewership numbers not that i don't not that i don't want to it's just it just feels like sand it's like it's hard to nail down but um uh i yeah i think the highest i saw was 105,000 viewers which does feel i you know i honestly don't remember what the top viewership was when i was you know in philadelphia reporting on uh the shock winning so i i to answer your question i mean i think there's a lot of working theories um you know and and the top one among them is going to be the move to youtube from twitch sure. uh and there's a there's there's so many factors in that because youtube is just a, I mean you know i don't need to tell you this like YouTube's just a different platform people watch non-live video on youtube all that's that's the majority and if you if you talk to youtube gaming or like you read their interviews i have not actually i should say i've talked to them but if i read interviews with other journalists who have like they make it really clear that they're not trying to be twitch like they they don't see twitch as a competitor so it into some ways as a reporter i look at it and I, I like i see the tweets where people say like does isn't viewership down and i i kind of think like this feels a little bit apples to oranges but um I think you'd be kidding yourself if you didn't say that, you know, moment, momentum for the league is down, the game hasn't really updated recently, and, and everybody's looking to the sequel to possibly change that.
0: You know, it's, yeah, no, I, I, I see exactly what you mean. And when it comes to viewership, at least when it comes to last year's viewership, it, it's always been a little difficult to get, um, get the exact numbers from Activision Blizzard at times, at least in my experience. Because, for example, in last year's viewership, I think it also hovered around maybe 120,000, which, again, is uh, decent. But then Activision Blizzard will say that, oh, actually, we had the highest leadership of any year, and you know, they're bringing in these international numbers. And that can just be sometimes harder to track for us in the West.
1: Yeah, no, or they, they have a statistic that, uh, I mean, I don't mean to fault i don't I don't know i'm not trying to like overly criticize activision blizzard it's not really my job to. but they have this one statistic based off this one metric that i've seen before that just as a reporter i do not know how to distill it to make it something that a reader understands so that's why i've never written it because i just i just don't it's something about like people who have watched that vid- that vod you know x amount of hours after it first published and um I don't know. It, it feels, it feels hard to define. Um, and yes, you're right. And they have also touted viewership in China, but viewership in China went up last season also because that was the first season that primetime matches happened, uh, for, for a Chinese audience, you know, before then all the matches were on North American Pacific and East coast time. So (laughs) that, that was, you know, that was also an asterisk there. Um, i i i wish i wish there was more reporting on the chinese and uh fandom of overwatch because i think that that is sorely missing uh in in my coverage and in in the rest of the coverage around the league um mm-hmm. because i i yeah because i i i think you know it it seems like there's a, a huge base there but it is it, it can feel hard to report on when you're based in dc
0: yeah. And this is kind of like the first event or major event that Activision Blizzard has put on since the lawsuit by the the state of California. I mean, when watching that event, I mean, I how, how did did it kind of affect the mood of, of the event overall? I mean, I, I assume many of the sponsors that had been with the Overwatch League were now not there.
1: I did not watch closely, but I only saw Coca-Cola as a sponsor.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I
1: believe uh the university in hawaii might have been a sponsor or at least mentioned um i have reported on the sponsors who suspended or walked away or are no are not actively sponsoring the league i think is probably yeah. the best way to put it um you know i i didn't attend i attended all of i attended all of the post game press conference for atlanta and only part of it for Uh, The Dragons, I didn't hear any questions about the lawsuit. And we also, um, you know, I I quickly talked to John Spector after the Hatham show, but I uh, didn't ask him about that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that in my reading, I think the best encapsulation, and I'm not saying it's, you know, I I would love to do more reporting here, but I know that... um, Sean Collins at, in Dallas talked. I believe it was Sean in Dallas who talked to John about about the lawsuit and what that means for the league. Um, you know, they're not talking about it a lot, uh, and, and at least publicly. Um, and I have not talked to the league too much about it, so I, I don't. I it wasn't really present. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I I, I don't think the lawsuit was very much present at all um, <laughs> during the match. And you know, I I think that was. Um, intentional, uh, and yeah, we'll see. I, you don't really see the lawsuit really affecting like the match day, except for except for the fact that Castor stopped saying the word, you know, the name McCree, which which did happen earlier this summer. I know I'm kind of bouncing mm-hmm. around here, but uh, but yeah.
0: I mean, speaking of atmosphere, what? Uh, how many people were actually allowed into the venue? I mean, I, I assume it wasn't a massively packed event.
1: No, no, I, so not at all. So Atlanta Rain had no spectators, uh, only team staff. And funny, I actually was talking, I can't remember their name right now, but I was talking to a CDL player who was in Hawaii who was going to like randomly show up and they weren't even sure if they could do that. Um, And then in Shanghai, I, it was, it was told to me, but it wasn't, they weren't the person who told me this from the league was not entirely sure but it was told to me that it was just like a studio setup uh for the dragons with no fans and i think that's what the pictures show but uh you know i i don't feel 100% confident about that i, I obviously i didn't put that in an article so um so but it wasn't it was you know it wasn't the massive crowds that we saw in philadelphia or in new york nothing like that for sure right right right
0: So we've seen eSports events uh, start opening up and letting fans back in. But with the Delta variants rise and stagnating vaccinations across the United States, it seems that the return to offline and secluded events is back to being the new normal. Um, How do you think eSports organizers like Activision Blizzard are handling this? And how is it affecting the way in which they think about the future of eSports as a spectator event?
1: It's a great question. Uh, I think like your earlier question about travel, Mm It's a bit of a time will tell, but but boy, would it be good to to know that answer sooner rather than later. I, you know, I think at the most basic level, events were only going to work if they brought a lot of people through the door. And you're not going to bring a lot of people through the door if they're unsure about attending because of COVID. Um, I... I've had some conversations with people and say like the front office side of teams and you know, I, I don't from, from my impression, it just doesn't seem like Overwatch league is going to go back to every weekend series is in person at a stadium with thousands of people, just because logistically that, Was always a lot to put together. Um, You know, and I I don't, maybe they, you know, now I don't want to speculate, but uh, in some ways moving online showed that you can have some matches online and then maybe have a tournament or have the tournaments in in person. Tournaments definitely were, uh, you know, success out of the past two seasons for the Overwatch League. And I think they will continue to, you know, set up the june joust the may melee whatever it might be so uh for lack of just like shooting down the middle i don't mean to just say oh it's going to be a compromise but i from the conversations i have it it does sound like there's just going to be more of a hybrid there mm-hmm. will be in-person events but people also understand that you can have esports online With you know i mean the the league really cleaned up the the pre-show between season 3 and season 4 to 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 do just that. So that that's that's at least what I'm hearing now. Maybe it changes, but, but Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I think there's definitely a lot to talk about regarding uh the Shanghai Dragons and kind of its rise from being the worst team in all of sports to now being the Overwatch League champions um and how the team did that, but I'm also kind of more interested in Overwatch Two, really. And Activision Blizzard did show off Overwatch Two, and it what was kind of the generally a general reaction among the players and fans online. And I mean, it, are things looking
1: positive? I uh, see. That's a that's where I really wish that this finals was in a stadium, right? Because mm-hmm. because like, if you had that halftime show with Overwatch Two in a stadium I could just walk up to fans just in cosplay and be like, what did you think of Overwatch 2? And I think I, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time on Saturday looking through too much reaction because I just think Twitter's different than like talking to the average fan who went to a match. Not that anyone is worse or better, but, um, so that's all to say, uh, I'm not really sure what fan reaction is at the moment. I think, I, I, but I but I but I talked to a few players. So I well, I, I talked to one player, and then Indy went on the pre-show. I should say, and uh, the match, the Overwatch Two, at least in this beta state, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, seems a lot more fast-paced, uh, a lot less grouped up. Uh, it seems like a lot of fighting was happen- happening, you know, one-on-one, like 20, 30 meters away from your teammates. Uh, I don't even know if you can measure meters in Overwatch, but it it felt like everybody was DPS in some form, <laughs> whether you were tank or, or damage. And so uh, right after the halftime show, I set up an interview with Decay from the Washington Justice and uh, with the help of their player manager, we talked a bit about his reaction to Overwatch Two, and he just said that DPS roles seem to be the only roles that matter right now in Overwatch Two, and uh, that the game. He he also said that the game, you know, needs some work. That it's not it's not perfect right now, um, and so he was he was measured about. He had he had a pretty measured response. His, his, and, and when Indy was on the pre uh, the pre-show before the grand finals, he compared Overwatch two to Call of Duty, uh, which is kinda mm-hmm. funny kinda funny too when you look at uh, Bastion turning into you know, an artillery gun, being able to rain down fire on the map for his for his ultimate. It definitely feels like you're calming an airstrike from Warzone or whatever. And so uh you know, that 2 doesn't make a trend, but if, if pros keep saying that this just feels like a really mechanically driven Call of Duty game uh, and not not like the teamwork that, you know, people know and love from, from base Overwatch, that is going to be a huge change. Um, it's just, it's so early and it's so hard to say because there's so many heroes that need to come out and it just it just feels too early to to write a headline like that, you know who who knows yeah, of course well, and then I guess ultimately, are you optimistic about
0: uh season five?
1: Um, well, I guess you know, in my role, I try not to be <laughs> anything i I try not to be optimistic or pessimistic. I try not to root for the league or root against the league. um so instead, I'll answer if what i hear from pros and you know both in conversations and also you know just seeing what a few people post on twitter nero from the shock is saying that he's gonna leave unless overwatch 2 is some mind-bending game in the post-game conference uh player for the atlanta Rain, whose name i should really remember right now at this moment but i don't uh <laughs> he said that you know he's just really burnt out by pace Overwatch and is mm-hmm. just happy to play any type of new form of the game just just for the sake of having something new uh, and that that actually is the uh, most blunt I've heard a pro talk about the game uh, publicly for sure and so I think I think players are itching to play the new game because it's been a yeah. lot of the same for a while. Um, and and I think there's some pros for Itching to play a new one because otherwise they're just going to walk away. And I think there's some people who are genuinely very excited and think this will just completely jumpstart uh, the, the scene, the league, the fandom. And um, who knows what will actually happen until it does <laughs>
0: And with that, Teddy, thank you so much for jumping on the show.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Thanks for having me. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwahmad.com. To follow Teddy and all the work that he's doing over at The Washington Post, you can follow him at Teddy Ammon on Twitter. That's T-E-D-D-Y-A-M-E-N. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, you can find me at Imad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrika Damore and Jacob Wolfe. The show's executive producer is Kevin Morris. Our research assistant is Sam Higgins. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.